You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Scandal After Show. What's up, Gladiators? Bing is for doing, and your Gladiator crew is here doing another AfterBuzz TV after show for Scandal. This is Season 2, Episode 11, A Criminal, A Whore, An Idiot, and A Liar. And I'm not talking about any of the people on the panel here, but I'm your host, Emilinus Jr., and I'm joined here with my amazing Gladiators. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Penelia. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. All right, and you guys know what it's time for. It's time for a scandal pace. Do we have a caller? We do. I'll put them through right now. Okay. Caller on the air with our scandal after Buzz TV after show. Hello. Hi. Who are we speaking with today? Um, Tish ninety three forty five. Okay, what's up, Tish? How hey, you Tish, doing? How you Hi. doing? Hi. Okay, so I have a question for you. Um, we kind of assumed last week that Hollis was the person who was behind um, everything that went down with Fitz and the attempted assassination. Do you believe that Hollis was the person? Because we didn't really see ever see Hollis make the phone call. We just know that the phone was in his desk, and um, we don't know who was actually behind it. Do you think that Hollis is the culprit, or maybe it could be Werner or somebody else? Um. What was kind of strange to me was the fact that Verna called out, like, Becky's name. Like, he, like she knew who she was. And I don't think Hollis would be stupid to to um, call Becky in front of her. So I think maybe Verna's somewhere in there. I mean, they're all got secrets to hide, so I wouldn't be surprised by now. Agreed. And do you think that maybe Verna planted the phone? Um, no, I don't think so. You don't think she took it that far? I don't- Hello? Oh, hello. Oh, my sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. I lost you there. Um, but give us, your, uh, give us your, your Twitter username again so we can continue the conversation online. Um, Tish9345. All right, Tish. Thank you so much for, uh, for calling in, and we will continue this. And um, keep, keep watching, and hopefully you enjoy it. I will. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Tish. Thank you for calling. So, guys, um, this episode was amazing. What do you guys think? Just a, a general... I thought it was a great episode, and, you know, there hasn't been any cases uh, really this season where they're fixing because there's so much going on now that the president is killed and, and how Libby has to go back into the to the office, and now we're focusing on 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 questions that now needs to be answered. So, so what who cares about the, the weekly who done, who done it and what they need to fix? <laughs> and I have something to address with that in news and gossip, but I'll save that. Um, so this episode started with, like I say, jokingly, our favorite couple, um, Olivia and Puddin' Pop, <laughs> Edison 
And, you know, uh, I thought that they were done after last episode when she said goodbye, Edison. Did you not think that I thought it was completely over? No, I didn't think it was. Oh, no. I, I thought I it was did. over, too. I, I thought, thought that over. was it. She said goodbye, Edison. And not only goodbye, Edison, but definitely not enough for him to be waiting in her apartment. Right. And that when she comes in and I think, you know, basically she goes, oh, oh hi. hi. Like, she's surprised. And he basically looks at her like, wait, what? And she goes, hello, Edison. And then basically it's like, like, she's like, I need to change my locks. And he's like, well, I didn't want to wait outside in the hallway. But well, you knew that that was your place. Wait in the car, then. I, he just out of line because was that the first the first time he there was two times though because the first time he said it was the one where he said what's up with us and then he accused Olivia of mm-hmm. sleeping with or being with the president. She called or he called her uh, the mistress, and then he made the accusation about the forgery and all that stuff because this was before we found out the Fitz woke up and he knew and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but. I told Sophia to write it down because I, I like Sophia to do her her voice, and I just want her to, I want her to say exactly what Olivia said because um, Olivia gave him five reasons, basically that he was out of line. So, go, I can't wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm about to say Olivia. Go ahead, Sophia. Five. That's sexist and insulting. You would never suggest that Scooter Libby was screwing Dick Cheney. Four, the length you're going to try to twist this into a conspiracy is cause for concern, and you should speak to someone about that. Three, the president is awake and talking, and the suggestion that he isn't is participant political crap that I thought you had the integrity to be above. Two, you called me a criminal, a whore, an idiot, and a liar. So this is the last time we will be speaking. And one, who I am screwing, what I am doing is no longer any of your damn business. Okay, listen. That was real. Okay. Olivia, look, it's Bam talking. Yeah, that that speech was real cute and all, but listen, the reality is you were covering up your tracks. He asked you a question. You didn't answer it. And knock it off. Whoa. Yes, knock it off. Listen, if she confronted him and she wanted to know some answers, she would expect an answer. That speech was cute. But she didn't answer the question. He asked, were you sleeping? This person that you were involved with, that boyfriend, was it the president? And, I, and, I and totally- she not once answered the question. She went into this great Emmy-nominated uh, speech. Oh, God. But the reality right is, now. the reality is, she didn't answer the damn question. No, and the reason being is, she didn't need to answer the question because the question was out of line. There is a very specific difference. He asked, were you, not are you? If we are in a relationship, you have a right to ask who I am currently sleeping with. You never have a right to ask me who I used to be sleeping with. That's none of your damn business. They were engaged. No, they no, were no, because they've already, they've already addressed this. They have already addressed the mm-hmm. issue. And remember when she said to him, they had a meeting of the mind. He asked her again and again. She told him it was serious. It is over now. End of conversation. And he agreed and consented. Contract done. Now you're breaching the contract. So you got to go. Well, on the other the side of it, said, though, she was, she defended things that were true. Like, she did an excellent job of defending a situation that she was guilty of. Because mm-hmm. take the take the president out of it with her and him sleeping together. Yes, she was a part of forging the document. She may not have signed it, but she knew about it and she was covering it up. So, yeah, he checkmate on that one. What else did he say? Well, something else. Whatever. Well, that's a criminal she, a liar yeah. in terms of the fact that he, she lied to him about it. Then what was it? Uh, a whore? Eh, no. Uh, an idiot. 
means that she was dumb enough to get herself involved in a situation that could potentially get her in trouble. She, I mean, she wasn't an idiot to get involved. She kind of got thrown into the mix, but she was involved with it. So I think she did an excellent job of defending herself, but... Covering her ass. She did have to defend herself because some of the facts were true. And at the same time, let's look at it this way. Even though we're not happy with, or I'm not happy with the relationship, if you take it from Edison's point of view, yes, we think he's an ass, or I think he's an ass in certain situations, or actually all the time. But if they're in a relationship and clearly he's sensing that there's some distance, especially since this whole situation has occurred, he's just trying to find answers. So even though he was out of line, like you said, he did call around the bullshit. But at the same time, he's sensing like everything that's going on. He's he's just trying to make sure or keep the relationship intact. But the only thing that's wrong with that is after last week's escapade and how he barged into the hospital and that whole scenario went down. After she said that goodbye, Edison, it's not really his place to really come back and try to figure out what's going on. She said goodbye, like let it go. And as a politician, you would think he had a little more tact. But in a re- they're, they're, they're in a very interesting relationship. Do you really think that sometimes when someone says goodbye, they just leave that easy? Especially when you were engaged, they were together for three years. Sometimes in a relationship, you don't just... <laughs> trust no, me, I, I've had no. experiences. And when I said it was over, no, she didn't... No, you're not, it's not going down like that. That's true. You you know, you have to try to see, engage the water to see. Mm-hmm. Was she serious? Was she just, you know, a little pissed off but again like i said he's a politician the way he approaches these situations with her he has no tact right you can't uh, like he comes out in attack mode if you want to get some information you have to finesse it you can't make a woman you can't put her on on defense but you know also but also they know each other well because he went he went hard at her she went in the attack mode and then he knew that something was wrong so they know they they know each other well enough and so he got under her skin she went full throttle back at him and so he knew that something was that something was wrong but what was also interesting is after all of that that scuffle then he told her information that he should not have told her because she used that information to call Cyrus and say look we got problems so they have a really crazy tick tick boom cra- they they have a really interesting relationship i don't like it but i feel that olivia did what she did because olivia is the type of person she doesn't like to be called out you can't you it's like and sometimes she likes she wants to run she wants to call the shots although there's time when she wants to be she wants to be controlled but in this situation with edison she doesn't like that I think, well, possibly, I'm not saying this would have been the case, but if he would have approached it differently, mm-hmm. he would have gotten a different reaction from her. You can't, like, you can't expect to come out a pocket at a woman like that with information that you want and expect her to just give it to you just because we have history. That's not how it works. Right, but he's tried, he's tried, he's tried subtlety. And that didn't work. So I don't think he, he was going to... He actually gonna, has never tried subtlety, and I think that's the problem. He's never going to get the... He's never going to get it he's not. either way. He should uh, give it up. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up for a second, because I think, again, this is slightly endemic of relationships. I think the mistake that they made is, or he is making, is forgetting that they ended their relationship for a reason. Right? Mm-hmm. So they were together. They got engaged. And obviously something happened, right, where the relationship was over. So whether that was just she moved on or she got together with Fitz and ended that relationship, right? Thinking that you can pick up where you left off (laughs) is only going to lead you to the same point, which is exactly where they're at. 
Oh, right? quarter of the night. No, no, but but seriously. You are so, so I think right. so that's the problem as well as if if what he is saying is in fact true and the venom with 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 which he is spitting it, she is in essence saying then you shouldn't want to be with me because he did call her a whore. So if if it's true, then you're calling me a whore, then still kick rocks. So she doesn't actually have to answer it because he's made up her, his mind that you are a criminal, a whore, a liar, and an idiot. So if that is in fact the case, then I am not the person you thought I was, and we no longer need to be in a relationship. It's null and void. And if in fact it is the truth, it's this relationship is null and void anyways. But I think that's the mistake that they're making. I do, I do disagree with you on that, but... His tactic was completely wrong, and sometimes we men we we say certain things, but we don't necessarily mean it. He's he's upset, and he's just trying to get answers. So, but I think we can go on. I was about to say we can talk about Edison. Please continue that conversation yeah. online because it's getting heated in here. Um, so, so Olivia calls Cyrus and tells him that we have a problem, and then this is the first flashback that we have to the debate. Mm-hmm. And two years, two years ago, yeah, and um, that's when we see Reston, and he says, "I'm sorry, um, Governor. The numbers don't." Wait, I'm sorry, Governor. Numbers don't lie. Oh, this is when they were. We flash back to the debate, but they were talking about you know what was going on. He was talking to his uh, campaign person who was dealing with the numbers and stuff. And then Hollis is worried that they're not going to win the election. He says that we have to do something. And this is when we see you know Hollis is trying to bully them. And this is this the first time? Yeah, this is the first time we mentioned the rigging and that he knows somebody who can do that. Um, I knew that. Hollis was in it from the beginning, but I think we saw a different side of Hollis because even though Hollis has had his agenda this whole time, we've kind of always seen him or in my mind have seen him as like, I don't want to say an evil person, but he just seems way more manipulative or way more um, demanding. And before the whole situation went down where these people who were all in on this plan betrayed him, it seems like he was more, I don't want to say sincere, but I can't explain. He was not as... No, I get, I get. You what get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Um, he hadn't quite uh, um, the Snapped. knives. He wasn't Maybe evil. He, he, yeah, he wasn't as evil just as yet. You could, you could see that there's something not to be trusted about this man. But you, could, I, I disagree. Yeah. I think that from his very tone, specifically, watch how he talks to Olivia. Gal? Sweetheart, yeah. honey, stop bitching and start darling. pitching, darling, sweetheart. And the way, like he basically is like telling her what to do. And again. She she is the single-handedly is the reason that he's even now in a debate with Reston. He would have never made it to this point without Olivia. So Olivia has earned her stripes. And right. Hollis is basically like, yeah, I don't really need you. Like, you just a person who, like, does things for me, honey. Like, no. And so I think that that, as well as the fact that he just so quickly brought it up, like, oh, i rigged the election. Like, he doesn't say, like, oh, I got some expert polling people. Like, don't worry, I got some people to knock on some doors. I got, like, a computer nerd to rig an election, and he just says it, like, oh, matter of fact, okay, cool, like, no worries. Like, it's no big deal. I didn't like that. Something about that. He just, it just spit out his tongue just so easy. But this is what I will say about that. If you notice, take take the evilness out of Hollis. Mm -hmm. He is always two steps ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. Completely. Every time something happens, Mm -hmm. he already thought of a plan all, like he already knows what to do and how to handle the situation. It may not be good and it may involve murder, but <laughs> Hollis, he like he has a bag full of arsenal and every time he throws his chip down, he it's something that he planned months ago. Yeah. 
my question is, which we're going to slightly address later, if everybody did not agree to go through with the whole rigging thing, do you think that Hollis still would have done it regardless? Yes. 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 (laughs) Justine, I I was just wondering. And it's unfortunate that they didn't know Hollis that well to know they didn't even have to agree on it. They could have just let Fitz, you know, do it himself. And Hollis, like you said, he would have done it anyway. Yeah. Melly. Right after he mentions the rigging, Melly says that, you know, we need to bring in some help. And this is when we find out about Big Jerry, which I kept seeing Big Jerry all over Twitter. And I was trying to avoid spoilers. I have to admit, I did watch a spoiler this morning. I felt so guilty, but I watched it. I watched the one with the... I'm uh, glad you didn't tell us about it. <laughs> I watched the one with the sex scene. and um, with, Of course you watched the one with the sex scene. It was a hot-looking <laughs> thumbnail with Fitz and Olivia. And I was like, oh, man, I cannot <laughs> resist. So I had to watch it. But um, this whole situation with Fitz and his father... It was an interesting situation because we see that obviously his father had some political influence and everybody knows that his father can get the job done. His father can, you know, kind of coerce him into doing things that he doesn't want to do and all this stuff. So we meet the father, though. Can we just back up real quick? What's up? Because I think this is very important. We've talked about this in season one and we haven't as much talked about it in season two. When they're walking in the hallway, Melly is basically trying to convince Fitz that that he needs his father's help and he is very adamant and very clear Olivia then comes into the scene Mm. and Melly turns to Olivia and goes you talk to him she goes "Uh, you talk to him he actually listens to to you you. yeah okay then we have the bedroom scene then we have the bedroom scene yeah I always have to slow us down on certain scenes but also back up because weren't they in the elevator first no no that was later that was later later. um that's so funny. I was mentioning this scene, but I wasn't addressing it because I thought it was later on. And that's how I skipped over it. But in that scene, though, Olivia convinces him while they're in the middle of starting in their foreplay, I should say. She convinces him that, you know, maybe he should give his father a chance and let him help out. Um, and I don't think it was just because of sex. It's just that he trusts Olivia. and He trusts her opinion and thinks that maybe. Or do you think? Um well, I mean, let's put it this way. He says, if I say yes, will you stop, you know, talking about it for at least 20 minutes? I, I get that. And I get that, you know, his hormones are raging. And yes, he sees this beautiful woman in front of him. That could be part of the reason. But do you think that that was the true reason or he really does just trust Olivia to the point where if Olivia says that it's a good move, it's a good move? I think I'm going to have to jump forward to jump back. Um during the scene uh, when she basically is realizing that he's not really showing himself to the public and that she has been privy to see a side of him that everyone else hasn't. I think that's what their relationship is, and I've said it time and time again. They are very raw and open with one another. So every time we have certain scenes, whether or not it's a one-minute scene or whether or not it's a sex scene, it shows that they really see each other. And that's why he even stops. And if you and if you notice that they stop for a moment without speaking, and that's how they connect, and then they talk. And when they're in, in that moment, they're actually talking soul to soul. And there I do agree that... He's basically saying, what do you think? Because I really trust you. I trust you with who I am and to make sure that you you know my hopes and my dreams and so forth and so on before he's even articulated to her. So, yes, I think that sex, per se, is the catalyst, but not to be, like, the romantic one. <laughs> but if you think about it, sex is about, like, knowing another person. So that's, in essence, really what they're doing. They're knowing each other, and they're connecting, and they trust each other. All right. So... And also, can I just say, yeah. 
I have to admit, gladiators, I like said, I like screamed at the TV. <laughs> I like Shonda, I don't know what you're doing. Like from now on, I might have to start watching this show by myself oh. without the rest of my gladiators. Cause Shonda, <laughs> you might have to start putting like a rating on, on the show. And that's why I said I had to watch it at home before. So I was mentally <laughs> prepared before I saw it on TV. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, but, um, the doctor, we go back to the president and the doctor's giving the rundown to, uh, to Melly and Fitz. And the doctor basically said that, you know, they were able to remove the bullet. But he would not be at least fully capable or at least somewhat capable of going back to work for at least three weeks. But then that's when Olivia informed or Cyrus comes in and tells them, you know, we have some problems. Have some problems. And Sally Langston's going to blow the cover. Right. And so we go to Sally and we see that Sally is, you know, briefing the whole cabinet like Puddin' Pop Edison said that, that she was going to do. She's briefing the cabinet about, you know, we need to make sure that. Or the, the president was lying, it was a forgery, all this stuff, just telling them I'm not going to... No, 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 no. Technically, she was very, very smart. She didn't say it was a forgery. She said he's not prepared yet, so we need to move forward and basically nullify his right. letter. She never brought up that it was a forgery. She was she was very... Mm-hmm. I think she was very calculated in, in doing that. So, yeah. So she, she, she said that, you know, we need to null the letter, and then that's when the president walks in. And what do you say? Sorry. Morning, everyone. Sorry I'm <laughs> Sorry, late. Sorry I'm late. And it was great to see him, but he's not ready, and we know he's not ready um, to resume his position. But it was great to see him back, and we'll see what happens. But before we continue with uh, breaking down this great episode, let's talk about iTunes for a little bit. And Gladiators, uh, each week we are so freaking amazed, grateful, overwhelmed that you guys continue to go to iTunes, continue to rate. Um, we're over 200 uh, ratings now. I think we are at 207, 208 or something like that. So many comments, and we're still at five stars, and we just appreciate it so much. So what we want you to do for those Gladiators who have not gone to iTunes, for those who are maybe watching us on YouTube, go to iTunes, um, search for Scandal, AfterBuzz TV, or even just AfterBuzz TV and find our after show. Um, Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, but most importantly, share with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, an associate, anybody who you know uh, watches Scandal, any other gladiator. uh, You can link us on Twitter, whatever you want to do to get the word out there and um, just keep boosting our numbers because we really do appreciate it and it, it really does help out. It helps keep the, the lights on here at AfterBuzz. So we really do appreciate it, guys. And also, there's a podcast app uh, for those people who have um, Apple-related devices. And you can download that from the App Store. And what it does is it puts your podcast into um, one neat little app. And it's all there. And it will automatically download the apps for you. Um, and that's for Scandal After Buzz or any other After Buzz show that you listen to or any other podcast you listen to. It puts that all into one neat little app and you can listen to us the following morning. So we really do appreciate it, guys. And now we're going to get back to the episode. Um, so after after we see the president walk in, uh, Cyrus sees Sally and he has that. Does anybody have the comment that he said? No, it was something smart. Though. It was something yeah, smart yeah. and witty. Madam VP, how are you today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great to see it because, you know, Sally was really not kind of. She was really cold to Cyrus, the way she kind of kicked him out. And Cyrus was basically stuck at home because he wasn't chief of staff anymore. He was just stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And then Fitz, we see again, is trying to prove that he's okay. And it, it, when he was talking to Melly, though, which should be the sign, one of the signs as to why we saw what happened at the end of the episode. But he said that... Um, he said that, you know, he doesn't understand why he was released from the hospital. And he said, but I understand that uh, you want to save my job and you want to keep yourself from going to jail. He was talking to Melly and he said that. 
and he said thank you as well at toward the end of that. Yeah, but uh, I, a very I, sarcastic thank you. It was a sarcastic thank you. It, it kind of sucks. Like I feel really bad for him though, because to come from I, I, I understand what Melly did. And I understand everything about the situation, but to just come from the hospital with a gunshot when literally he had no time to prepare to say that you wouldn't be fully capable or not fully even partially capable until three weeks from now and then you have to go rush back into what could be one of the hardest jobs in the world and maybe you know let's just put it in perspective of Fitz and Melly before Fitz got shot he couldn't stand her (laughs) they were on their way to a party that he told her he didn't want to have he had an attitude and was saying I didn't want this. Why, you know, why are we doing this? He gets shot at a party that he didn't even want to have that she planned. So now he wakes up. Of course, he's happy that he's alive. And, you know, deep down, he probably gets that she saved his job. But because he didn't like her before, he's like, I'm sitting, I'm saving you because you feel like you needed to forge my signature to do this. Now I'm out of the hospital three weeks early. And Thanks, I'll- Melly. And, and also, there's a there's a change uh, in Fitz, which you can tell based off of what happened at the end. He woke up. When he woke up, the first thing he asked for was Olivia. I don't really think he... Being president is somewhat... Has taken a backseat. He's alive. He's a whale. He's alive and well. And all he's really thinking about is being with the woman he loves. What do you think... I'm, I, I agree with that. But then I think also, too, I think it comes back to things he said before. I want to be the man that you voted for. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is that he wants he he wants to be with a woman he loves, but he also wants to be that man that he thinks that the United States of America voted for. Because I think it's very telling that he said, until it let Sally Langston puts the letter accepting my reinstatement, I have a job to do. Sally Langston is dancing around the fire. She is not going to stop until she sees my head on a stick. Like, he's basically like, I didn't wake up for nothing. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense so at the end of the day i'm gonna do what i have to do thank you for that that i had to do it this quickly but at the end of the day this is regardless of what you guys do and regardless of what you think i'm the president of the united states of america because again we've always seen this dichotomy where he has this little consortium walking around him telling him what to do and he seems wishy-washy which i think is then so telling that we then have the the dichotomy with him and his dad and i think in this moment he's basically saying like i don't really need the rest of y'all just real talk I'm the president of the United States of America, and I need to, as Fitzgerald Grant, did I mess it up? No, right? Yeah, okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to stand firm as the president of the United States of America, and if I fall dead, then I fall dead, because this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. Now, this is my question, just a quick one, out of curiosity. If Melly didn't forge the letter, and if Sally was acting president and Melly had a a, a conversation with him as a wife, a touching conversation saying, honey, you know, you just got shot. Do you think that you want to continue to be president or take the back seat and let Sally have it? You can retire, do whatever you want, and you can still go out, go out fine. Do you think that he would have taken that route and then at that point still gone ahead with the divorce and then gotten with Olivia? No. No. I don't even think he would got, have gotten past the fact that Melly said if you wanted to, you know, not be president and wanted to do this. What did you What did you say exactly? Melly would never say that. Yeah. So no. if that no. came out of Melly's mouth, I think that would have sparked sick. an attitude again <laughs> with him. And he would have said, what are you doing? This is not you. This isn't who you are. All you care about is yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And I don't like, and then that was completely because in season one, when basically he was like, okay, I'm gonna give this up, like, I'm gonna resign because of the whole Amanda Tanner situation. At that moment, when they all conspired to basically say, no, it was Melly, and then Melly had to get pregnant. After that, Fitz was like, I'm not looking back. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, he, he subtly basically says to everyone, or like in his mannerism, he's basically saying, like, so I run stuff now. Because you guys wanted me to be president. And I think that's what he's always kind of trying to reaffirm. As well as the fact that, like, Fitz wants this. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, he just woke up from a coma. Now, this is the, 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 the telling question. To me, if they hadn't forged the letter, think about it. Sally would have gone with her plan for East Sudan, which actually probably wouldn't have been successful. Mm-hmm. Because Fitz really is a good president. Mm-hmm. And that's why towards the end of the episode, she basically has to admit oh my God, my bad, you were right. Like, even in your weakened state, you are still a better president than I ever can be, right? So she would have played herself. They really didn't need to do it. You, Just you, playing, you know, no, playing really, a different scenario. They really didn't because he woke up anyway. Mm. Yeah, and she would have messed up. And yeah. she would have She would have basically, like, she would have shot herself gone in the into foot. the black hole yeah. of being vice president and mm-hmm. would have never had a chance ever again to be president of the United States of America. Yeah, she would have been toast. Yeah. Well... What do you guys think about Big Jerry? Because when we go to the flashback, we meet his father. And I have some strong emotions about this father uh, in Fitz's life. Why don't you lead us off? Well, because uh, the father comes in and, you know, Fitz is preparing for another debate. And Big Jerry comes in, just just being perfectly honest, a cocky little bastard. And he comes in, you know, with an attitude that, an arrogant attitude, and, and you know, the, the room is loving him. And I, I kind of hate people like that. If, if you, if people love you, be humble about it. I'm just saying, just be humble about it. And he comes in the room, and, you know, he has this arrogant attitude. You know, Fitz is trying to do it. He said, he even said to them, um, he said, I'm like furniture or something like yeah. that, or treat me like furniture. And... Th- as soon as Fitz continues again, then his father jumps in. He's like, son, let me show you how it's done. He said, this isn't a funeral, son. Perk up. Right. And I understand, you know, it's, it's okay to give advice. It's okay to give advice. But at the same time, just know your place. And I understand you're my father. I'm speaking I'm speaking as Fitz right now. <laughs> I understand you're my father. But at the same time, know your place. I'm running for president. Know your place. And even though you have your advice. I'm going to disagree with you just for a little bit. This is why Fitz didn't want his dad to be here in the first place. We, um, we know our parents. We know our aunties, our uncles, our grandmothers. We know those relatives that we really don't want to see. And when we do see them, hi, mom, hi, dad, hi, auntie. And we're real quick with them because we know how they are and they're not going to change. That's why Fitz did not want his dad to be there in the first place, because he knew that his dad would do what he did. So therefore, he always he thought it was a bad idea and it blew up. But then he couldn't take it anymore. So he said what he had to say. Right. You know. Which he says at the dinner table because he was looking miserable during the whole speech. Once his father got up there and started telling the story his eyes right, the about the IRS and stuff. But let's go back to Melly. I have an issue with Melly because Melly was jumping on dad dad's side mm-hmm. on her step on her on her father in law's side. I didn't like that. That's also, didn't she giggle? She did. She did. Well, wait, not, she, no, no, yeah. wait, let's stop. She hugged him and Melly giggled. She did. 
Not only that, but when he went to take a seat, when he was going to just be quiet and not say anything, he's chummed up with Millie while he's make, while he's going over his speech. And he's just... Oh, and she's leaning and in. She's, and she's leaning in. And then at the table, when, when Fitz goes into the whole speech about how, you know, um, you had the affair and that's why you never became president, blah, blah, blah. Millie then said, Jay, I'm so sorry. Mm. Back up, fall back. It, she was out of place. Melly married Jerry's legacy, not Fitz. Exactly. She did not marry Fitz. Mm-hmm. All of this, the way she is, it's kind of explainable and you can see it now. When Jerry walked into the room, you saw that she married Fitz because she was hoping she could turn him into Jerry. Yep. That's what it exactly. was. She she is in love with Jerry, mm-hmm. but she knows she can't have him. So she's like, okay. I'm going to turn you into him. And the fact that he's not his dad, that's probably why Melly acts the way she acts. Because if she, if he were Jerry, Melly would be a totally different woman. I agree. She mm-hmm. would shut her. I wouldn't say she would shut her butt up and be in the White House, but she would take that first lady position in a different stride if Jerry were her husband and not Fitz. That's just, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I completely person, agree. But the personality of Jerry. Yeah, him. Yeah, personality. If he were just like his dad or very similar. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. But this is this is how life isn't what we think it is. Mm-hmm. But if if he was Jerry, she would have no say so. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? True. No, think about it. Because she at wouldn't. the end of the day, Fitz isn't chauvinistic. Do you know what I mean? Fitz, Fitz literally, as long as he feels like you're respectful and you have something to say, he's going to listen to you. Like there are moments, obviously, when we listen to Melly. He really only doesn't listen to her when she's being out of line. Jerry would basically be like, oh, you are definitely ornamental, and I'm still going to bang Charity and Hope and whoever else I want to bang. That's very true. And I think there was a line that really got me um, when they were at the dinner table when he says, um, what did he say? He said, I've done more in the past 20 years than you'll do in a lifetime. Yeah, That's where, again, if you know your dad, you want to try to avoid those kind of things. But while his dad is really, I mean, he was really hitting below the belt. But you know what? Jerry coming around wasn't necessarily a bad thing because sometimes you got to go toe-to-toe with, yep. with whoever that person is in your life. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I mean? If And if Jerry would not have shown up, that argument at the town hall uh, rehearsal would have never happened yeah. because Fitz would have still been, he wouldn't have been angry yeah. enough to take him to the point right. where they had to find out, dude, yeah. like, dude, what is your problem? And it, to- it, it, it totally happened for a reason because, of course, what happens to his dad. So it all happened for it all happened for a reason that he came, they got into a confrontation, he agreed with them, and then Olivia had the argument with Fitz, and then he really exposed why he wanted to become president. And and when it's when it all ended and when his dad died, he was like, you know, I'm not really sad. But he was sad. He was sad, but he's I I think it was closure for him. I think he was I, I think it was closure. I think it's I, I think it's twofold. I think that um Whenever you lose a parent that you weren't close with or that you didn't have a relationship with, I think what you're doing is you're mourning the fact that you'll never get that relationship. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're mourning a childhood you never had. Like that, do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, no matter, I think, how old you are, you're always hoping that somehow there will be some catalytic event and, and your parent will say, I love you, you're good enough, you're worthy enough, you're all of these various things. So at that moment, especially because of the exchange that they, they literally just had, 
he was mourning the fact that he's never going to have that type of father. Mm. Okay, good. Yeah. And possibly also he's mourning the fact that he couldn't show his dad in person that he was going to win the election. election. Because yeah. all you really want, for that type of dad, you just want to prove your point. And, and in a way, Jerry got the last word. To fit, if two fits, because when he stormed out, he still thought Fitz will not necessarily was a loser, but he still thought you won't win. You're not going to be this. You'll never be the man I'm going to be. And Fitz was just left there to mourn the situation. Well, let's come back to Jerry. Let's go, let's back up to after that whole scene when they or when Fitz was drunk and he got in the elevator with Olivia because we we missed that Olivia was in the elevator and Fitz came in and said you didn't wait for me right and Olivia didn't want to deal with it because she sees that he's not in a, a good state right now obviously and knowing the relationship they have <laughs> and Fitz is is drunk and has his feelings I'm gonna pause for a quick second what's though. up there was a moment the way that she was in her phone it was almost that she had lost respect for him. Right? Because think about it. At this point, like, they're fully in a relationship, right? So for him to come in, regardless of whether or not he's drunk, she didn't even look up. She, like, she was on her phone, like, whatever, I don't even have time for you. And and so on some levels, he's thinking, like, okay, why? Is it just because my dad basically what? My, my His dad pushed him down to size. And in essence, for that split second, that's what Olivia was doing. Olivia was treating him like the smaller man that the dad created. Mm-hmm. What's up? It reminded me of what's love got to do when Ike was kept coming to Tina. She's like, move, Ike, you're high, you're high, Ike, move. <laughs> Damn, you're a mess. But when I think the, the, the scene was so great because she was trying to push him off and she was trying to, you know, get him away. But when that door opened and we saw Melly, so many things went through my head where I wanted to go back and watch every single episode from season one, season two, and just analyze everything. Like, that's what I love about this show. Every single episode makes me want to go back and just, because you see so many different layers of the character. And to see Melly apologize to Olivia and say, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And, you know, I don't want to lose you. Because coming from Melly's side, if Melly is thinking that Olivia was just violated, and Olivia may potentially leave the campaign and all this stuff. But do you have the quote that she said? I think I got most of it. I want to apologize for Fitz. When he has too much to drink, no, no, he respects you. He needs you. We both do. I don't know what I would do without you. And then she gave her that hug. Like, what? In Olivia's face. But this is my thing. Olivia know that she knew that Fitz was drunk. She knew the situation. Maybe she felt like he was violating her. Maybe not. But Olivia let Melly feel the way she felt about that situation. Olivia didn't say, no, 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 Melly, it's cool. Or, no, no, it's okay. I mean, she, she, no, no, she goes, it's okay. You don't have to apologize to me. Oh, take it back then. Mm-hmm. I was getting pissed in my mind. <laughs> But I mean that uh, that scene. I, I don't know. I'm just seeing Melly in a completely different light, and it just says a lot. Do you think Melly was? Do you think Melly only did that to protect her her future legacy? Because she uh, did she know at that point that the two of them were were already. I would say yes. So therefore, why is she apologizing? No, no. This is why I think why she's apologizing, and this is I've at the beginning, regardless of whether or not she knows. Her, her her connection with Olivia is still solid because she does not think that Olivia's relationship with Fitz is in any way hurting her legacy. Trust me, the only time she had a problem with it was what? When Olivia stopped doing right. her job. So at the end of the day, all she knows is she knows, think about it, Olivia was literally pushing him off. 
So she knows that this is a volatile situation. So she doesn't know if he is pushing himself on her. He, she doesn't know if they're breaking up. She doesn't know whatever. But all she knows is Olivia needs to be happy and they both need her. So I think that on some levels, she pushes anything that they may have into the back recess of her mind. So her reaction, I think, in season one, for the most part, is just authentic. I think she knows, but her reaction isn't as someone who knows. Does that make sense? Even somebody else, something else she said, though, too, is kind of telling, she said that's not like him. Even if somebody gets drunk, just, I mean, depending on the personality, but if you know somebody, you know somebody well, you've been with them before, even if somebody gets drunk, if Olivia's in the elevator, even if he's drunk, he wouldn't just automatically start violating her unless they had some type of history or some type of connection that, Olivia has given in to before. Mm -hmm. If I got drunk right now, I wouldn't automatically start filling up Canelli or Sophia just because I'm drunk. Because that's not, y'all know me and that's not my personality. Mm -hmm. If that's somebody who's a a lady killer and does stuff like that, and of course that's the way it is. But knowing Fitz, she said that's not like him. She was being honest and she apologized. But that's why, another reason why we would think she probably does know and she's accepted because like Sophia said, just like in episode 7, I think she said, you didn't do your job. So she's going to let him have his cake and eat it too so she can get her cake and eat it do you feel there, there was any guilt on uh, Olivia's yeah, of, of course, course. Yes. when when she when um when they were hugging you could see the reaction of Completely. Yes. well that's another Olivia. thing like in Olivia's mind it's kind of like a mind because Melly knows exactly what she's doing she knows exactly what she's doing oh yeah I forgot you're yeah she knows ex- I was sleeping on Melly yes you're right she knows exactly what she's doing so uh, Next. Melly is conniving. Um, so next we go to uh, Fitz. He's given his plan for East Sudan. Like we said earlier, he gave his plan for East Sudan and it worked. We find out later. But during while he was giving the plan, he kind of froze. Obviously, it was some type of side effect because of the, the gunshot and the wounds. And then Sally looked at him for a while. And at first, when we saw her face, it was like, I got the sense that it was, you know, this is my opportunity. I'm seeing something that I can use to take him down. Did you guys get that vibe too? And I didn't. I did. I didn't. I, I literally felt like this was the first time I actually saw she cared? Sally as a human being. And that's, I didn't see it see, that I way. I'm so conflicted me. with her. Oh, I, I did. She has turned me completely off to the point where everything she does, I'm like, there's an angle. No, but at the same even time. Even the way she said it, because she was like, Kenyasa, like, she, she almost like whispered at first. Like, even though they were like across the table, like, she was almost like, willing him to say it and then she said it again I, I don't i don't i don't know i yeah i'm still sticking to i'm she's still on my list but in that moment i i felt like she was actually being genuine and she felt for the humanity because regardless to use Cornelia's word you would have to really be a cold piece that regardless mm-hmm. of how you feel about him this man either just woke up today or woke up three days ago. Mm-hmm. Either way, from getting shot in the head and is now in a suit and resuming his duties as the President of the United States of America, you 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 have to honor that. And I think that looking at the character that she is before we saw her kind of go rogue, that's exactly the type of person she would admire. Like, it is, in fact, a miracle. And I think at that moment, that's what she was seeing. Mm, Okay. I didn't see it that way, but that's a great observation. Uh, That's a good point. I want to talk more about her later, and we will when we get to the the final scene that we saw between her and Fitz. Um, But we go back to a flashback, and once again, Cyrus is reminding Olivia about Hollis's proposal. And it's like one of those things, you know, where you have that that issue that somebody keeps nagging you about and keeps 
planning things in your mind to finally just explode. It's one of those things where every once in a while she keeps getting reminded about this proposal from Hollis. And then Big Jerry comes in, this, in the picture and he says, you know, we need to start digging and find some information about Reston. Um, and that's when Olivia brings in Abby. Who looked beautiful in this episode, by the way. Abby looked like a Stepford, a Stepford wife. Yes. Well, she, she, she was. Yeah, right. she was a Stepford wife. Yeah. Because she had her hair curled sure, and everything. Remember, she, looked, she was married to the son of a governor, yeah. right? right? Mm-hmm. Looked all fresh. And then Harrison comes in, and Abby is introduced to Harrison. And then <laughs> then Huck comes in. <laughs> and, looking a mess. <laughs> looking a mess, smelling a mess, and being Huck. And then um, she basically tells him, you know, we have to find something on Reston. And then we go back to Jerry. And Jerry, being the rude person that he is, he they lay out the information about what they found on Reston, and he says that he, they need to get more experienced people or people that aren't house trained or something like that. And it was just out he, of line. Yeah, he looked at that hug and saw how dirty he looked, and he yeah. he said he wasn't house trained. And once again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. He's treating Olivia like sh- because basically saying Olivia, you can't do your job. Like I asked you to do one thing, but Olivia, like you said, was the one person who has the reason why he got this far in the campaign. But from his from his perspective, he's not looking at it. He doesn't care. He's who he is. He's a jerk. So did did you really expect him to be nice to Harrison, Huck, and um and Abby? Not to them, but to Olivia. Yeah, it's a matter of respect. Well, he he doesn't even like his own son. So if you don't go to the <laughs> the point of res- or showing respect to your family in public, what you do behind closed doors is one thing. But you don't let family business outside of the family. He disrespects his son in public, so he really isn't gonna care mm-hmm. how he treats Olivia and and all of her friends. Well, another thing, quickly, maybe in a way. He's trying to sabotage everything because he doesn't, if a father doesn't approve of what his son is going to do, he already said, you're never going to be president. You know, I've done more than 20 years and you've done, you're going to do in a lifetime, like all this negativity. And then he's telling Olivia, she's not doing her job. So he's going to have Olivia second guessing herself, like messing with every single player. And he's like siding with Melly, knowing that's probably going to get under his son's skin. Like all these things are playing against him. Does he really want his son to win? No. So in a way. You get what I'm saying? That's true. Good That's, point. Yeah, good point. Like, good point. I'm, so, Jerry's a... No, I was about to say... We'll continue that offline. And then, <laughs> Hollis is, once again, trying to convince everybody to rig I the, the election. One, I need to do the one-liner. Yes. We put all the lips, if we can, on this pig. <laughs> <laughs> I love his one-liners. Like, they're, they're so random, but they're great. And um, this was the scene that was important, because, remember, from the beginning, we didn't know who was involved. We had all the conspiracy theories when we first saw the table, like, who was in this from the beginning? Everybody was in it. He brought, except Melly. Except Melly. But... I didn't even know where Melly fit in, but we saw that he brought Melly in. But it wasn't even like a fight, it looks like, with Melly. Melly just kind of meshed in with everybody else and jumped on the bandwagon. Well, because also remember at that point, it was twenty. Day, it was 26 days before the election. Yeah. That's a shorter period of time, and they knew that he was losing. So Melly immediately jumped on board because you got a little over three weeks before and this election. And also, too, you forget, and I hope we find this out more, Hollis obviously goes way back with everybody, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously Hollis knows Verna, right? Mm-hmm. Hollis obviously knows Melly too. Because the way he goes, Melly pull up a chair, because they're all like, oh, nothing. Olivia goes, oh, nothing's going on. He says pull up a chair like, oh, y'all don't know. Melly's already on board. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because the way he just, think about it. They're about to rig an election. Melly is fits his wife. And he's just like, oh, come on, sit down. But the most important thing is they have a conversation that Fitz is the real deal. Fitz is pure as snow, pure as blah, 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 blah. So they're like, okay, cool. Like, then we got to be dirty. 
So for him to bring Melly in, again, that means Melly is dirty. And he knows Melly's dirty from the start. Mm. Mm. Well, they have they bring Melly in and then we go back to the present and Sally is talking to Hiles about Fitz's condition and she's trying to figure out a way that maybe she can bring him down. And you know, Hiles just basically says, Hold off and it will play its part if it needs to. And then we go back to a flashback and Fitz is screaming at his debate prep team and then Olivia comes in and she basically sends everybody home and she is about to call him out. Now this scene, it was kind of emotional for me because in this scene, it was so many things going on. This is just an emotional episode for me for a personal reason. But in this scene, it was so much going on that she had to talk with him and first of all, you know, bring his anger down. But in that scene, she said, do you really want this? And he said, is it obvious? And she basically told him, no, it's not obvious because I know you from our experience, but America does not know you. But also go back because when she said, when she told him that uh, we need, um, uh, then we need a better candidate, he said, screw you. Right. Which, that was, uh, yeah. Out of character. The whole dialogue that they had was about him not being true to himself. But this is, this is the thing is, though, okay, and all, way earlier from the first debate, the interchange he was having with Governor Reston was basically Reston was calling him a spoiled rich kid. Right. Okay? At that moment, because he had had, had the interchange with his father, he was acting like a spoiled rich kid. Mm-hmm. He was yelling at people, saying, why aren't they prepared? A, blaming everything on everyone. So even his initial exchange with Olivia was like a spoiled rich kid. Like, screw you. Like, well, what do you expect? Isn't it obvious? And that's when she even, and think about it, Olivia does this on purpose. She steps forward and really looks at people and goes, no, it's not. And basically, again, she's sizing him down, but from a respectful place. Like, A, don't take that tone with me. But B, I need to look at you, and we need to have a conversation. And then the last line she said to him was, who are you? Who are you? Because he, he was saying himself, like, he wasn't being true to himself. He was being the person that people wanted him to be, or we thought people wanted him to be. Just like as hosts, we get on here, we could be fake and, you know, be all proper and try to act like one thing, but we all come out here authentic, being ourselves, talking about our favorite show, and that's what makes it real. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bam Erickson. <laughs> I'm Emil Ennis Jr. <laughs> and I'm Sophia yeah. Stanley. <laughs> like, we're real, and that's, a, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's, that was the moment where it's like, even to me, it spoke to me because it's like we have to make sure in life like we're being true to ourselves. But this is the problem and this is why I think that Olivia and Fitz are so complex because the reason that she says I should have spotted it sooner but it's because where and she paused because what she's saying is she's like I know you but I know you in a way that other people don't, mm-hmm. right? So again, it's a matter of what gut does she trust? Mm. Right? Because up until this point he actually wasn't the person that she was in a relationship with. So... Is that who wants to be president, right? And so I think that's why that's why they're having such a heated exchange. Because again, anytime Olivia doesn't trust her gut, she goes just uh, awry. So in that moment, I think she saw him in the totality because she needed to see that he was both people. He was the spoiled rich kid just as much as he was the potential future president of the United States of America. But I think we all have a crossroads in life that we could be one person or we could be another. And that's the crossroads that they were at. And she realized that even though she was kind of driving the ship, she can't drive the ship. He has to. And I think that's what that interchange was. And I just thought it was really uh, important when she asked him, when she kept asking him, you know, why do you want to be president? His first response was, I um, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. So... Well, we go back to the present, and when we get there, Olivia, um, 
or Cyrus is telling Olivia that she basically needs to help out the president because he's trying to go through this press conference and Cyrus just knows he's not ready. And Olivia goes in there and Olivia talks to him. And what I love about their relationship is Olivia, I don't think she didn't go in there pressuring him to back out of the press conference. She went in there and talked to him genuinely. Mm-hmm. And once she saw that Fitz, I don't, he wasn't, I don't want to say he was ready, but he was ready in his mind. For me, I felt like he was still in a daze because when Olivia said, you almost died, don't do it again. And he said, okay, just a look that he had, he didn't seem like he was really wanted to have a conversation about dealing with the president. He was more in the presence of him in love with his girlfriend or his, you know, Olivia. whatever. Olivia. This is thing is. I apologize. I'm like, why do we always rush through the scenes that I want to take, like, moment by moment? Because she walks in, right? And he's just like, you Uh-oh, can wait, tell. Wait. She, no, no, no voice. That. We're not doing the voice. We're not doing the voice. You had it but for a she, second. <laughs> she walks in, and the way, again, that she walks in, there's there's a time when Olivia is fully committed to the relationship. And do you notice the shift? Because for the majority, for 90% of the time, Olivia is conflicted with her feelings for Fitz. When she is fully engaged and fully accepts that she loves this man, her entire posture changes. The way she walked towards him, she walked towards him like she was the President of the United States of America. And think about it. His posture was a little bit more passive. He was leaning back in the chair, right? And then what does she do? She pulls out his handkerchief and she starts pressing it against his face. That's her basically way of saying, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I can't believe what you just accomplished. I need to just, you know, pat it off because you've obviously overexerted yourself. But not overexerted yourself because you're weak. Overexerted yourself because you're strong. That's then when she says, you almost died. Don't do that again. And again, it's authoritative in a way like, again, we're in this together. Like, you can't leave me. And I think when he says, okay... It's okay from the standpoint that, like, we don't need to fight this. So I agree with you, but I think there's an, an also another take that he was in a daze because when they're connected, there's no tension. It is easy. It mm-hmm. is daze-like. They don't, there's, there's no energy that needs to be exerted because it just is what it is. Okay. And so I think that in that moment also, I think she was coming to convince him not to. And I think she saw him and she realized, I need to see my man for who he is which is the president come hell or high water. If he dies on that podium, he's going to die on that podium. And sometimes what you need to do is support someone and not tell them what to do. And that's exactly what she did. Mm-hmm. Support and don't tell them what to do. I got some quotes tomorrow for Twitter from <laughs> Sophia Stanley. Um, <laughs> so we go back to the flashback and we find out uh, from Olivia's associates. And I, I guess they weren't associates then, but her Abby Harrison Huck that Reston was on Prozac and he's been getting prescription under different names from doctors. And then Big Jerry tells them to basically um, sit on it and they'll work it into the that, answer. And he shut down Olivia's suggestion, I think, once again. Yeah, because he uh, Olivia wanted to leak the information before the debates. Right. But I think Jerry or Big Jerry or Big J, whatever they call him on Twitter, <laughs> I think that was a brilliant thing. Don't leak it before. Throw it in there during the debates and throw it in there as a question and throw him off his feet because then he won't be able to respond. And the funny thing is, even Olivia liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You saw her react and then she pulled herself back like, oh, crap. Yeah. I agreed with Jerry. I'm yeah. supposed to agree with Fitz. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
we saw once again he dissed Olivia, but it, it, his plan was genius. And then we go to a great editing scene. You guys know I love the editing scenes where we go from Olivia in the present prepping him for the press, prepping Fitz, not him, prepping Fitz for the press conference and then prepping Fitz for a debate at the same time. And it was nice to see how they juxtapose the scenes together where you saw she's using some of the exact same lines that she gave him before saying you know you can do this and things like that to really amp him up and get him ready because he can do it um and then fitz is doing the press conference and while he's doing the press conference he gets asked the question about um ptsd or impaired brain function Mm -hmm. and when he gets that question there's a pause and for a moment i don't know if you guys saw this too i thought he was doing the same thing that happened during um the briefing about the east sudan situation but also remember, Olivia told him to sip water. She said something about sipping water before you answer on something in regards. Yeah, if you feel what happened earlier happened, or if you feel like you you know you lose it, basically you're losing your way. Take some time, take a breather, sip some water. Mm-hmm. Which he did. And yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was a little bit of time. He sipped the water. And then um, at that same time, though, we went back to the flashback. And he got a, Fitz got a question from a single mother mm-hmm. who was asking about her son who was enlisted in the Army. And, um, you know, how can she trust him, Fitz? And then Fitz gave his story. And he said, this is what I probably should tell him, what my age are telling me I should say and all this stuff. But I'm going to say, you know, what I've been through and how I really feel. And that's when we first got the real Fitz and saw that connection with him. And that's when we saw that, as Cyrus says, you know, he's the protector. Mm-hmm. Because we saw the real side of Fitz, the side that America could identify with. But, and, what's but up? just also really quickly, um, when his dad, when they when they was prepping, when his dad, you know, took the seat uh, when Olivia was questioning him, and he was like, "Let me show, let me show you how to do it." His dad did the same thing, where he started off basically telling a story. So, in some ways, he did take pointers from his dad, but he didn't do the the phony story. He took. Advice from his dad. He used the story, but he used a real story. So, and the thing, because I completely forgot about that. The dad, when the dad walked out because Fitz didn't take the approach, somebody who it, it goes back to what I was saying. I don't think he was really focused on him winning the presidency, but he was focused on if he did lose, at least he did it my way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the dad's not even. I think the dad's not even mature enough to realize that he doesn't want him to win. Yeah, the, the dad's so egomaniacal that he just basically is like, might is right. Like my way is the highway. So he's basically like, I don't. I don't even think he's thinking about it. And at the end of the day, I think that if Fitz in fact did win the presidency, he, he would really think that he Jerry is the president <laughs> of the United States of America. So that's really all he's thinking about. He doesn't even realize how much. He's not only diminishing his son, but he is, in fact, the one who's preventing him, number one. Number two, even though it was a dig, there's obviously a reason that not only is he not president, he didn't even make it that far. So regardless of how many other whatever he's done in his 20 years... You can't trump being the president of the United States of America. And it's so funny like, because I, I think I'm sorry to mean to cut yeah, you off. No. I could just see him as that. You know how like uh, Barack, how like Michelle's mom stays at the White House. Can you just imagine Big Jerry if he was alive? Oh how he'd be sitting, <laughs> he, they'd have a room. He'd, he'd have his own room in one of the wings. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, even yeah. if Fitz wouldn't ha- wouldn't have one and would have taken Jerry's advice, Jerry would have still blamed Fitz. Like you, yeah. you can't win. You can't win with a father like that. You can't. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. So we go back to the present. And we saw that Fitz took his sip of water. And I have here, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like scramble notes down when I'm watching. Um, I have weakness is our strength. Did he say that during his speech, during the press conference? He's like, I've never felt more ready. Weakness is our strength. Yeah, he said it during the, during, 
during the press, press conference. conference. And, and, then and they, no, 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 no. I think he I think he literally said it both. I think that's why they cut yeah. it so brilliantly. And I think that's what he was saying. So he definitely said it during the, the town hall debate, but I think the way that they cut it, he was also saying that in terms of the present day press conference. But it was definitely the way they edited it. I think they meant for it to overlap on purpose and yeah. for us to be unclear. Mm-hmm. Why was he holding the mic so on? Why did he look so uncomfortable doing the um doing the the town hall? The way he was holding. Because I think the mic? he was uncomfortable. I think it's it was literally it was his, it was either his rebirth or his you know caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Like you're you're just getting your moves. It's like a what's it called a doe? You know, like how their legs are kind of all straggly and then all of a sudden they're walking better and then they're 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 trotting and then they're running. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what was happening. So yeah. I think that if you watch the scene, he's uncomfortable and then as he's walking around, he's starts to kind of flex a little bit a little differently but that in that moment is the first time he actually woke up and stood up as an actual candidate for the president of the United States of America okay so I think that's why he was uncomfortable it was his first debut Mm -hmm. well let's talk about what Big Jerry said he said that's how you're gonna win this thing he says you're going to lose you're not cut out to lead but I'm a winner and that's something you'll never be and that was the last thing we heard from him um, and we just gave our Wait, whole... Wait, no, 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 no. What, what up? Oh, yeah, that's sorry. But then let's just be clear. Again, I think it was very important that Fitz asserted himself. Fitz very clearly stated to his father, I don't want to be you. So I think he was saying, and I think this is, again, you know, leads so perfectly in what we'll talk about the hallway scene, but Fitz basically really is that guy, right? Fitz is like, I don't need to throw dirt. Do you know what I mean? And I'm honorable. And if And if the American people, if that's not what the American people want then I don't necessarily think that's losing. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, you may have done better than me and blah, 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 but, like, I don't want to be you. So, cool, then I'm a loser, and I'm actually fine with that. And I think that that was very necessary for him to really then move forward and and be the man that he we have seen him to be. Yeah. Um, so then Sally, Sally Langston, comes to see the president, and... Uh, he says, he says, you know, you need to move your stuff out, <laughs> like, as soon as he walks in. And it's kind of funny because it kind of goes back to last week when um, Melly and Sally had that exchange, and she was talking about the, the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Sally says that, and this is what I want to talk about earlier, she says that, you know, she was not rooting for him to fail, and she's glad he's back and all this stuff, and she said it's hard being president. What I love about this show and hate about this show, which I've said it time and time again, I don't get from a, a lot of shows, is... I can't decide whether or not I hate or love these characters or I can trust these characters because Sally comes in and even at the table, like you said earlier with uh, the East Sudan thing at the briefing, the way she said the leader's name, it wasn't in a a way that she was trying to, you know, say, oh, my God, this is going to lead to your demise. It was, oh, my God, here's the name. Here's the name. And then even in this situation, it it seemed genuine. It it seemed genuine that everything was okay. And, you know, she's like, what was I thinking? Like. I w- but the the part that got me, which the reason why I can't really trust her, is the part where she said, you know, I couldn't sleep and stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, Sally was knocked out at night in the bed <laughs> under the covers. Like, Sally, stop! I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I can trust her. I don't know if that was genuine. That when she went into the whole spill about how she wasn't able to sleep since he's been in the hospital. That's when any moment of genuineness that I saw of her, it went completely down the toilet. And I think that she needs to make peace with this president because if she continues to, he's already had a successful press conference. They think he's well and he's great and all this. So if she continues to dig and do things, then she's going to 
put her foot in her mouth. So I think that is, you know, she's going to play that, you know, sacrilegious. Oh, bless you, brother. I've been, I couldn't sleep in. Oh, hallelujah. And she's keeping quiet about it. But in the back of that witch's mind, she's got something. She's plotting. That's what I think. I agree. However, let's think. She obviously wanted to be the president of the United States of America, right? Ran a race, lost, became the VP slot, right? And we all know because of the nature of their relationship, she's always taken a backseat. So she's not an active VP, right? right? And that's why we always interacted with Billy. Think about it. That's why for, for several episodes, we didn't even know who she was, right? right? So they've only they've only ever interchanged with Billy, right? So now Billy's gone, so presumably they interact with her a little bit more, you know, whatever, right? Because she came out back on the team. The President of the United States of America has been shot. It is now the VP's role to step in and lead the country, right? So here you have a woman who now, because the president has been shot, again, we don't know what kind of terror alert is going on, has to step forward and command. Again, you have to, on some levels, bring gender into this. She's the first female president. We, you know, even though there's been changing rules, but we still have issues specifically in the United States of America of whether or not um, women should be able to fight, you know, what role they really play, specifically when it comes to being the leader of the free world, and in so much as now she's about to have to put in military action, she has to buff up. She has to be like, might is right, and I have to be this way, and I have to be that way, because on some levels, she's now going through the routine, and she has to keep everything going. I'm not saying she's not diabolical, because I'm going to talk out of another side of my mouth next episode, but I think that in that moment, it was genuine at the same point that she was like, yo, this is hard. Because at the end of the day, even look, look at every single president that we've had, they age quicker than their age. Do you know what I mean? Like, you come in youthful, all of a sudden people are having heart attacks, getting gray. No, seriously. <laughs> That's like, you true. even look at our current president. You he's, know what I mean? He's great. Same thing. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, it is it is arguably the toughest job you will ever have, especially to be thrown into it in that position where overnight. And I think she genuinely, whether or not we agree with her, her in her mind, her intention is she wants the best for the country. And all she's doing is towing that line. We may not agree with how she goes about it, but I think her intention was really that she was doing what's best for the country. That's a very good point. And now it does make sense when she said, you know, it's not easy being president. Okay, now that you mention it, that is an honest, sincere thing because she's been thrown into it. And although she was playing tough, you know, when she's, like you said, when she was under the covers with her eyes, what what, what knocked out. She has her own moments when she's probably thinking, damn, this is really hard. Yeah, and I think she probably thought that for the sake of herself, like, oh, I didn't realize this is what it was about. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of actually being concerned with Fitz and having some type of compassion, when you go as far as, you know, the president's been shot in the head and you wipe everything off his desk, including a ship that was given to him by one of the previous presidents, (laughs) To completely remove him from his office shows to me that you really don't. Like, you care, but you really don't. But, you know, she was, that's, this whole speech now that you, now that you've, we've discussed this, she's basically saying, I win in over my head. This is not an easy job. 
I went in and I took off your stuff and I did all of these things and I had my chest out and I just thought I knew what I was doing. She's saying basically this is not an easy job. Just like when, you know, just like as host, you know, before I started doing this, it, you, it seems easy. Mm. It's not as easy as it sounds. So I'm going to take back what I said about the old witch <laughs> and say that I do now believe that that was sincere. And um, and we've we've um, there's been several articles on this, and I always forget her name. I think her name is um, Lynn Palo, who is the costume designer mm-hmm. for the show. And think about it: Olivia Pope is the only main or dominant female on the show that wears pants and doesn't wear a skirt. Or doesn't wear a skirt or a dress. Mm. The only time she wears a dress is when she's being Olivia the non-fixer. So when she's going to an actual event mm. like the state dinner or, or Fitz's birthday, right? Sally Langston was wearing a skirt. Even though, and, 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 and this is, it, my intention is this is not to be sexist, but it is meant to that when we say like the person who wears the pants runs the show... Again, I think that in so much as Olivia wears pants and Sally Langston, even when she was present, I think that if they had actually changed her into a pantsuit, they would have, they, they're deliberate in everything that they do. That yeah. would have been saying that she's president. She was just pretending. Yeah. She was just pretending. Or else they, I think they would have actually changed her aesthetics. They would have changed her hair. Even think about it. That's why they put Melian dresses and pearls and a bouffant hairstyle. That's not something that commands respect. I think they're very deliberate in doing that. And that's yeah. why if you look, Olivia always looks like she's like in charge. In yeah. you know, in a little pantsuit and two yeah. inch heels, not so much. Yeah. Well now we just broke down that whole scene and I have a completely different feeling about Sally. Um but She's still bad. She's still bad. <laughs> but I, I have a feeling, a different feeling. Um so in the next scene, we go back to the flashback and just to cut to the chase, the main question of that scene was what does Olivia or Olivia, what are you gonna get from the rigging? What do you want from this rigging? Verna, it's gonna get Supreme Court, uh Cyrus is gonna be, you know, chief of staff, like all this stuff. What do you want from this rigging? What are you gonna get? And you know what? While this was happening, I was thinking, yeah, Olivia, what do you want? Say what you want. But by the end of the episode and seeing her interaction with Fitz and him saying, I'm going to be president, I'm going to be a good president. I really think what she really mm-hmm. wanted was for him to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was it. And the the breaking point was because, remember, she walked away from that whole table and then she found out that Fitz's father died of heart attack in that same night. And then she went. And after the funeral, obviously the funeral happened, she went back and then, you know, Fitz is chopping this wood with the axe and all this stuff. And after that whole um, scene, you know, he says, I really do want to be president. After that happened, then it really like clicked in her mind. Oh, my God. Okay, before we go into that, because I think that's an important scene where, you know, she stood on the wood and he cried into her arms. What what was I noticed or observed was when. The when the Fab Five are at their little business meeting in the table, mm-hmm. they're on the plane. So this is the Fab Five. Then you got a couple people sitting here, and then you got the president. So you got Fitz sitting here, and he's playing on his cell phone. I hear real good. <laughs> okay, so how how can they have this discussion on this plane in the back of the plane, and there's nobody listening, ear hustling? I, my ears would have went off. Why are the five of them back there? Every day. Right. Whispering and caring. 
and the president is just sitting there on the front of the plane on his phone playing Texan or playing video games or, you know, maybe playing the, um, the, the, um, I mean, you're right. Cause in, in that particular scene, I can obviously, he can get away with that because if he was dealing with the death of his father, but in previous scenes, but, there are, in previous scenes, they were already on the bus in that same situation trying to talk about this rigging with the president sitting right there. Anybody else? Cause they can't be the only people on that plane. Somebody had to hurt. That's my point. We'll see. You know, we'll see. Because no, it's very if someone did hear, that means somebody else knows. And that's not the type of And somebody of, even called it out. Of, yeah, that's not the type of information that you keep to yourself. Earlier in the episode, remember somebody said that, like, why are we talking about this so out in the open? Like, we're on a plane. When they, no, when Hollis first, Cyrus says that. When Hollis basically, first introduced yeah, Cyrus it. Cyrus is basically, like, that's, like, basically saying there's, like, a bomb in your end airport. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, you're on the plane. Like, somebody can hear. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's very astute. And I would, let's continue that offline because I actually have uh, tons of theories on that. Um, but also, too, Hollis never answered the question. So I totally agree with you that even though Olivia didn't, audibly answer her answer would be that she actually wants fits to be happy i.e. to be the president of the united states of america but the key thing is hollis never answered you cannot make an agreement with five people without knowing what hollis wants when hollis is the one putting everything in motion so hollis goes i basically i think hollis said something to the effect of i just want you to owe me mm-hmm. i want to know what i owe you mm-hmm. No, do you know what I mean? Like, they, they literally made a deal with the devil. And and the problem with people who make deals with the devil is they always say, okay, well, whatever whatever he's going to ask me, I'm willing to give up. You, you can't say that if you don't know what you're willing to give up. Right. I think that, you know, at that point, it was roughly seven days before the election. And then it was the it was the day before the election when Olivia said yes. So maybe the three of them, meaning uh, Cyrus, um, uh, Myrna, and uh, Melly, Maybe they were so they were um, they knew that this is something that they had to do, that maybe it was an oversight and they didn't even think to ask what it is that because they're willing to do everything. Yeah. And, and but that's not they're not my problem. My problem is Olivia. Uh-oh. Do you know what I mean? No, seriously. And that's also the whole exchange in the hallway. At the end of the day, they literally are willing to do whatever. They've said they've said it. Think about it. Verna, and we'll talk about this offline. She's on my list for potential who shot yes. fits. Okay? Hollis is on the on the list for who shot fits. Even though I've never believed Melly's on the list, Melly's still on the list, mm-hmm. right? Cyrus is even on the list. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, they're willing to do whatever they need to do, and their characters have always shown them to be that way. Olivia technically is supposed to wear the white hat. Right? So that's why in the hallway, she basically was like, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. Cyrus looks at her and is literally like, you're me. Like, we're grimy. Like, if you think you sit on the side of Fitz, that you wear a white hat, you are mistaken. We pick up the the hatchet and we chop people in little pieces and we dance around their corpses. Yeah. He's like, grow up. Mm -hmm. He was like, he's the real deal. We do this for him because he can't. And if he could, then we we wouldn't worship at his idol. Or we wouldn't worship at his altar. That's the problem. So when she says yes, even though I think the reason she says it is from a place of love and she cares about this man and she really believes he's a real deal, basically in aligning herself with the five that early, she basically should have, and I'm going to talk out of my mouth another episode, wrote it out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You connected with those five and you made a deal with the devil, then you write it out. No saving Lindsay Dwyer or Quinn Perkins or whatever her name is. You don't leave loose ends. No, seriously. And you can't back out now. 
Because you had full choice. Yeah. You had full knowledge, full consent of who you were dealing with and to what means they potentially were going to go to. But again, he couldn't win the election. Then he doesn't win the election. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. We can, Do you know what I mean? Because again, it's a whole concept of the ends. It does, and the whole question the is, does the ends justify the means? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can you have it both ways? Can you be like, okay, cool, but then when it gets too rough, be like, no, 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 I was just kidding. But it's not like you're going to give back the presidency. Yeah. Mercy. We need to continue that one online, yeah. And also continue uh, the conversation, because we talked about it earlier with uh, Fitz dealing with the funeral of his father's death. But um, the one thing I want to add to that whole Cyrus thing in the hallway was there's a line where Cyrus said, um, people like Fitz go down in history. People like us create history. Huh. And then Olivia was saying, no, but the people should choose. And he said, we are the people. Me, you, Verna, Hollis. Melly, Melly, we're the people. The Fab Five. Right. Yeah. Who are, and that was just an important line because he's saying, you know, we're the people who need to make this happen. Like, we can't depend on those people. And then he ended, which is the one that got Melly to, or not Melly, Olivia. He said, does he deserve to be president? And do you think people will choose him to be president? And that's when she broke down because he said, if you can't say yes to both of those questions, then you know what you need to do. And now the last thing we're going to end with is two relationships that just took a humongous turn. Olivia went home. To Pudding Pop, who was in her house. And she said, I'm changing the locks. Exactly. She said, I'm changing the locks. And Pudding Pop apologized. Edison, for those who haven't realized that's his name. Edison apologized basically for accusing her of um, of cheating with the president and with, doing it. And of with, lying, of everything. Of lying, of all this stuff. So he accused her of that. And then after his whole rant, he proposes? No. Yes. yes. Yeah, he goes, he goes, I love you. I'm in love with you. I would like to. <laughs> Thank you. He proposed? Really? Yeah. I just yeah. thought he said, I'm in love. No, 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 no. I'm in love, love with you. And he and goes, I'm, he... I love you. I'm in love with you. I would like to spend the. Uh, I would very much love to marry you. <laughs> like, oh. what? Where is that coming from? And then, so uh, we, we're going to talk about that offline. Are you mad? Uh, exactly. And then the very next scene, we go to Melly. Melly is telling Fitz, you know, first she started with, you're an incredible man. I thought it was going to go another way. You know, she's sitting there rubbing her belly as always, and she's, like, sitting next to him, and she's, um, you know, dealing with the pills and stuff and looking at him. But it wasn't, like, a look of concern. It wasn't a look of... It, it was yap, 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 yap. And he's sitting there. You remember when Chris Rocks talks about how sometimes a man comes home and a woman is just, just yapping and yapping and he's not really paying attention? That's what that conversation felt like. He looks like he's in pain and she doesn't give a damn that he's his bones is aching. He's, uh, you know, he she didn't care anything. She wasn't looking. She was sitting on the edge of the bed. She was putting on a little moisturizer and she's putting it on her hands and she's putting it on her face. And she's just talking and she's just rubbing, blah, 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 blah. just shut. She didn't and, she didn't take one breath. No, and all. not only that, though, there's a moment. Did you catch it where she's talking about, I think, another senator? that was in a car accident, who's quadriplegic, mm-hmm. and how the wife has to change his diaper. And she puts her hand on her chest like, you know I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's really kind of like, oh my God, I'm glad her life is back to normal. Not just because you're the president, but like, I didn't want to have yeah. to take care of you. Care of you. Mm-hmm. And that was the line because Melly is focused on the end goal. Yeah, she mentions she mentioned his approval rating. Like, by the way, yeah. your approval ratings are through the roof. Cause she's, and, then, Melly. and then she go and the, the key thing is, so you can have anything that you want. What do you want? Right. And then she said, let's focus on or take advantage of this politically wise, political wise. She was saying, let's take advantage of this opportunity because you basically, like you said, can have anything you want. So Melly is not being a true wife. 
But she's being true to herself. Has she ever been a true wife? She's, she she's hasn't. She's being herself. She's being yeah. herself, and she's focused on making sure that she is going to get the future that she wants. And that's when, when he comes out and says, after she says, what do you want? He says, I want a divorce. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And we'll talk about a couple of that in predictions. And then, but then, and then, you know, then I think it's telling with the phone call. Oh, wait, is that promo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's promo. That's promo. Sorry. Um, So let's do some news and gossip. Why do I have a TV news? Um, So for news last week, once again, scandal hit a series high. Yeah, it was a new season high. Their um, eighteen to forty-five, their eighteen to forty-nine demographic uh, was a high at two point eight, and they had a total of eight million, uh, eight point thirty-seven million viewers. So they've, I mean, literally from season one to now, they've jumped up about two point five million viewers. Indeed, and it's so great because it's not, it's no longer people saying, "Oh, it's just because of the lead-in, because of Grey's Anatomy and all that stuff." No, Scandal has a strong fan base, and we gladiators are rocking it from all over, um, and. I also want to highlight an article I read. I don't remember if Tyler Reporter or Variety where I read it, but um, somebody was saying to or interviewing Shonda and they were saying, you know, where's the season going to go? And she basically said, you know, with these storylines, because the storylines are wrapping up. And she was saying, you know, originally we had planned for 13 episodes. And when the 22 episodes were approved, you know, we had to kind of adjust that. So I think what she was saying was in the next 13 episodes or in the next couple episodes, I guess two more. The storylines we're seeing now are pretty much going to wrap up, and then we're going to start getting back to that storyline A, storyline B case scenario until we get, like, the next big thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to—a little bit excited to get back to see what this show is going to do and where she's going to take it because Sophia was telling us um, the other day that Shonda is going to twist some things around and take the show out of the, out of the fan's hands. She's notorious for it. So yeah. I'm just waiting to see what's going to go down. But um, what do you guys have? Uh, just a shout-out? Just a shout-out. Let's do it. Sorry, that's I, like my favorite part. I was <laughs> like, I'm just waiting for my shout-outs. Or do you have anything else? Um, I was just going to say, Carrie was at the Golden Globe Awards. She was, and she looked amazing. She looked amazing. She walked by me. I couldn't quite catch her. <laughs> <laughs> do a better job next time. Just reach a little harder. Okay, well, Gladiators, it is time for this week's shout-outs. Um, and again, Gladiators, we absolutely love you. We love your passion. We love your enthusiasm. And it's funny. I actually just realized the other day, you know how we talk about the Fab Five, the well, the bad Fab Five, mm-hmm. and some people call us the Fab Four? I'd actually say that we're the Fab Five, and it's the four of us, and you, Gladiators, you guys are the fifth man. So you guys make us the Fab Five, and without you, we couldn't do what we do. So that's why we absolutely love love doing shout outs. Um, and I also want to take just a quick second and say, I want to do also a quick shout out to our AfterBuzz family. I know that the oh, four yeah. of us, if it wasn't for AfterBuzz, we wouldn't be able to connect directly with you gladiators. So again, special shout out to AfterBuzz or AfterBuzz family, Maria, Marissa, Kevin, Phil, Steven, uh, Martin, and just everyone who allows us to do what we do. Um, you know, AfterBuzz, you rock. You allow us to be gladiators. So, okay. Before on- we dive in, can I say something? Sure. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You're welcome. And this is the Scandal Gladiator. <laughs> shout out. Oh, and we shall begin. Oh, love it. All right, I'm going to start out with iTunes. We have Bish Black, EBN Flow, Mark E71, Nikki88, Pumpkin007, Purple Girl48, SJ Hartman. Tia Lady, T Hockett. On to Twitter, we have 9221 Dreamflower, ABC Scandal Scoop, ADO1234, A8Seam, Charlotte Waldo, Charnell Hicks, Cheesecake1952, Colbert Oust, 
Cuckoo Kisses 25, DJ Ovitz, Georgie 82, God Given Peace, HC Vidal, Honey Sweet 1, J Beauty 7, JD Reynolds 3, Livia, Leah Rose 1, List T28, Lulu CIV, oh, it's Lulu 104, Love Is Impact, Melinda <laughs> DH12, Mel Jam 512, No Lens, Powerman 706, Pumpkin Poo, Rowdy Ruski, Scandal Hooked, Scandal Junkie, Shaw Shaw's World, Sierra Hurt, Steph J30, This That Knock, Warda Fawua, and for YouTube, we have Alistair Schoen, Alakela25, alias MCD21, Blessed Favored Mad, Cheryl Delapaz, Cheska Lee. Thank you very much. <laughs> Colbert Owls, Cool Teen 13, Danton Amy 1, GTE 103J, Hurricane Cat 8, LTS Fem SS, Cranny 23, Lil Miss P2, Malin L419, Miss Gigi Jen Jen, N Fa Wee, Faux Khan, Re B1, Renny Ganon, Renny Deborah, RJA688, Rose Gold, Rudu G, Shutterbug1002, and SNKRFRKETTE, Tabithia Robinson, Tay Simone, Tasha3185, TC022782, The AM Awesome, The Shipper Fan, UNC Forever, Virtuous Amber and Yaz MTV. Again, or did I miss one? No, I was going to say, wait one second. I was just showing Cornelia. I just randomly looked at the chat room. It says there's 66 people online. So on the AfterBuzz website right now. So to all those gladiators, just thank you for thank staying you. up and watching. Wow. Just amazed. Yes. Just the conversation here. Just yes. Yari, Yazmeg, Vetti, Yet, Kanet, Lonnie Ray. That's just a JJ7. That's just a few I see. But I'm just amazed there's so many people that are watching right now. Thank you guys for staying up so late. Gladiators, we really appreciate you. And as always, on YouTube, make sure you're commenting. On Twitter, continue the conversation. And on iTunes, rate, subscribe, comment, and tell a friend. Again, Gladiators, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. So, um, wow. <laughs> you guys are great. All the comments are coming in now from that. Um, thank you so much for watching. Um, so let's do predictions. All right. Well, I just have to do a quick thing. What's up? Edison, under the bunker. Last week it was back to the bunker, under the bunker. I'm over him. Like he needs to kick rocks. Oh, my goodness. The hashtags from last week when I saw them were freaking hilarious. You guys are so creative. Under the bunker. Um, and just a quick thing before we do our prediction, I forgot. Uh, Scandal will not be back next week. It comes back two weeks from now. So just for those who didn't miss that in the promo. So predictions. Obviously, it looks like um, something's going to happen because it said Olivia broke the rules and, you know, she's a fixer, but she's broke the rules. And I think I don't think it's going to have to do with Fitz and Olivia. Or do you? I don't know. I My prediction is something totally different. It's more of a, a question and we can take it to Twitter. Verna and Jerry were really cozy at that dinner table during the early scene of this episode. Yeah. Now. Because, in my opinion, I think Verna has something to do with planting the cell phone in Hollis's drawer. Did it have something to do with Jerry? Because Jerry had a problem with Fitz being president. And because Verna has an alliance more so with Jerry than she does with Fitz, does that have something to do with trying to assassinate him? And then, too, guys, tweet us who you think cold piece of the week is. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Bam. Okay. I noticed that there was... Um, when Melly was yapping her mouth and uh, President Fitz said that he wanted a divorce, there was no nurse. You know, I think Sophia, you, yeah, why is he 
why is he not in the hospital? There was no nurse, and there was no nurse or no one there to, like, take care of the president. Like, and I thought that was unusual, being that he's not quite well. So my question is, will he slip? Will he go back into a, a coma? Will something happen to him because he emerged very quickly? Mm-hmm. He's taking his pills. Obviously, he's not well. And there's no no there's no nurse that's caring for him 24 seven like they should because he's the president of the United States. That's the first thing. My next prediction is will Sally really let it go? Um, and then mm. David is back at he's back after Olivia, and I, the preview didn't really give much. So you kind of wonder what is it that David is gonna go after Olivia for? So I wonder about that. And then also Verna and Jerry, they're no spring chickens. So they probably have history and past. Who knows? Were they shacking up? There's so many different options. So I can see why they were kind of cuddled up there around the same age. And maybe they know each other from... Well, I mean, he said that when he told the Vegas story, he said that Werner was there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, they obviously go way back. Mm -hmm. That's like a how. Right. Yeah. Um... I have one more. No, go ahead. Um, The political strategist, the blonde girl... Her presence was very known in today's episode, so I wonder if she has anything to do, because she's the one who was giving all the information in regards to Ohio, the defiance and everything. So the numbers I, don't lie. And numbers don't lie. So I wonder, hmm. is she involved some kind of way, the political strategist? Or is she going to come back up because she, she yes. knew the numbers yeah. and the numbers changed? Yeah. And that's, hmm. Yeah. Will she come back? Yeah. Yeah. Ditto on everything. <laughs> um, the only thing is, I have more of a, um, not a prediction, but I'm just warning everyone that if Olivia does not tell Edison to kick rocks, no, seriously, and if she doesn't step up and, like, at least consciously, mentally, spiritually, and physically make a decision definitively about the president, I'm about to turn on her. Mm-hmm. So, just warning you. I'm about to. I know I'm gonna go hard. Like I'm. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Like you can't. You can't keep whatever. You can't. You. Yeah. Sorry. So. I'm. T- I'm tired of it too. Which so, is why I said what I have to say. So right. you know, Olivia. So, you. When it comes to that, go sit down. Yeah. So she needs to tell him to kick rocks back to the bunker under the bunker. Mm. Yeah, but we'll continue all the questions. I love the questions. I'm As one of the gladiators thinking. said in um, in the chat room, Jordan, R.I.P. Puddin' Pop, please. Yeah. So um, where well, can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley. You can find me also on Twitter, Bam Erickson. You can find me on Twitter at Canelia. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. Gladiators, we love you so much, and we will see you in two weeks. Make sure you do follow us on Twitter so we can continue the conversation. And, you know, we're halfway through the season, so we will be revealing how we're going to release that uh, that DVD that we got signed by Kerry Washington, Guillermo Diaz, and um, who's the last person? Katie Lowe's. Katie Lowe's. So we're going to reveal how we're going to do that, so make sure you stay tuned, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye, Gladiators. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.